for our second episode, I'd like to talk about hoping for the sunshine, preparing for the rain. It's kind of a little bit of a, a continuation, right? We talked last time about what hope is and the importance of hope and the power and the strength that comes from hoping. And I heard this story in a talk a couple of years ago and there were these people that the prophet was actually going to two different islands and it was during like the monsoon season and so they were it was just known to have these crazy crazy storms so in both islands these people prayed because they didn't have meeting houses big enough for everyone that's going to come it was all outside and so they prayed so hard please spare us from this storm spare us from this storm you know please just hold off the storm a couple hours while the prophet's here so we can have good weather for when he comes and speak and in my mind i don't know maybe i'm way off but i think that's a pretty pretty righteous prayer we just want to be able to enjoy hearing the prophet speak without all of the rain and all of that at the first island they were spared from the storm and there was no rain the sun was out it was beautiful life was good everything was fine the rain didn't come until after the meeting was concluded the second island right before the meeting was scheduled to start it rained and it downpoured for the entirety of the meeting and the crazy thing is these amazing people they weren't deterred at all. All they did, they had their umbrellas out, they put their umbrellas up, and they sat in this downpour and listened to a prophet of God. For me, I think both stories are amazing because you have the first story where these people prayed, they had the faith, they did everything, and they got their miracle. And the second story, these people were just as righteous. They had just as much faith. They prayed just as hard, and the storm still came. And what really got me was the fact that they carried their umbrellas with them. They were prepared for the storm. They were praying for the miracle, but they were prepared for the storm. And so I kind of want to talk about that and how having that mentality, keeping that hope alive, keeping the power that that hope is there, but also recognizing and preparing, hey, maybe the miracle I'm praying for, I might not get. So how do we exist in that space? And I like that story. I like that it shows us that no matter how good of a person you are or how worthy of a cause, that there will be rain in our lives. Mal, you said something so important. Sometimes it doesn't matter how worthy the cause. Such a valid point. Uh, it was interesting when Lex was very sick people in an effort to help and i think this happens in a lot of situations um, where we feel helpless and we want to do anything we can to lift and raise those around us especially those going through a trying time but i can't tell you how many times i heard well if you just had enough faith then god would heal lex don't give up faith that god will heal lex and I know that part of it was just me being in a little bit more of a, a raw or a vulnerable state, but it was hard for me to go through this trial that I recognized was something God had asked us to go through. Not that I was like, okay, this is the best thing in the world to watch my daughter slowly die. That's not the best thing, if anyone's wondering. But I recognized that it was something that was in our future. 
We all did to a point. But it's interesting that people kind of attach this, this worthiness or this, if you have this perfect faith, you're going to get whatever you want. God's not a wishing well. It's not that we request a blessing and then we do the amount of good works we think we need to do to obtain that blessing and then automatically we get the blessing. That's not how that works at all, at least not in my experience. When we pray, when we have faith, we're not praying to change the will of God. We're praying to align our will with His. And that's one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my life is to have God made His will known for me and for my family and to know that His will was different than my desires. And then to make that choice and then to come to the understanding that all the faith that I had, I had not been given it to change the will of God. I had been given that faith to be able to endure what His will was for me and my family. And I think it's important to note that when we're praying for things, faith is so important. It's so important to keep that faith, to keep that hope, to keep that trust. But just because things don't end up the way that you wanted, just because your storm still comes, it doesn't mean that's a reflection of a lack of faith. It just means it's time to get out your umbrella. Sometimes rain is not just necessary, but sometimes rain can help us find unexplained joy. I know that in our lives there are things that we've been able to experience or circumstances that we found such pure joy in that we never would have seen if we weren't stuck in the middle of a storm. Suzanne, you were talking about this concerning some of the impatient time that you and Ash had. It just depends on what angle I'm looking at it to how I can talk about it. There's, it's like there's so many different angles to look at. And even the topic last time about hope and expectations, it's just really about, okay, what angle am I going to take it at? I just have to say, Suzanne, that is one of my very favorite things about you, is that you are open and willing to look at things from different perspectives. And I think it gives you a unique opportunity to learn and experience events in your life and to gain knowledge from them in a way that you wouldn't be able to do if you were shut off, if you were closed, if you weren't so open. Life is just life. It's just life. We're here on earth and we're living life and I can either avoid life or I can experience life. And I think that I'm open to experience life. And so I don't really think of or I'm trying not to think of life in any other form of just the present moment. You know, what did I learn from the past? I can think about the past. I can kind of hope for things in the future, but really I'm living life in the present moment. I can't predict or prepare for the future because I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. I have no idea. So Ash and I were fighting cancer. I think I really, really did live in the present moment. How can we make today the best? for you, for the people around us. What can we do today? And we weren't preparing for what was going to happen tomorrow because who the heck knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And we sure, surely wasn't, we weren't preparing at all for death because we didn't know that she was going to pass away. 
So we thought we just lived in the very, very present moment. In that present moment, it was 100% our responsibility of the experience that we were going to have. So were we going to be in misery in a hospital room? I guess focused on all the things that were not going our way, all the pain, all the suffering, all the all the things that we're missing out on, all the loss. Or were we were going to focus on the fact that I got to spend 24-7 with my teenage daughter. So in her hospital room, it was never doom and gloom. It was always uh, had a level of fun, a, a level of light-hearted um, interactions, even though we were in the heaviest of circumstances. And so in the present moment, you know, I'm not, we weren't focused on the future, on how to prepare for her death. It was, it was just the present moment. I'm loving this new topic. I think we all in life always hope for the sunshine. Oftentimes rain can produce joy. We need the sunshine, but we also need the rain. It helps things grow, continue the cycle of life. And I think that's true even as a metaphor in our lives. And we know that in mortality, we are not exempt from hard things. We said yes to a mortal life. We said yes to everything. And with that hope for the sunshine, we know that somewhere that we'll be met with the rain. And I just love the story uh, that you shared, Emily. I think that it's amazing. We can be doing things totally right and still get the rain or not receive a miracle that we had hoped for or prayed for. Preparing for the rain is a reality on the cancer journey. You hope that they will live a, a long life and that a miracle will happen and the, the medications, the treatments, the radiation, everything will, will take hold. And at the same time, reality is real. The statistics are real. The things in your mind come up and of course you have to prepare for that rain. And the last thing any mom or dad wants to do is to bury a child. And so that is a reality. It's a scary reality. It's a fear that everyone at the beginning of cancer has to face and prepare for. It's not an easy one. Nobody expects to bury their child. We're As parents, we're supposed to go first. And that is a hard thing to fathom. It is true that a seed, in order to grow, it has to be buried in the dark ground, away from everybody. And as it's buried, it's just sitting there in the dark and it gets watered and it has to crack through the shell, push against the earth that's pushing against it, push back and push through the soil reach through the topsoil and continue to push through that darkness and reach for the light. And as it's reaching for the light, it grows. And as it grows, it eventually blooms into its full potential and its full beauty of what it was supposed to be and its purpose. And I love that. I love that so much that as hard as things are, we have to be buried in the dark sometimes. And we have to go through those hard things and we have to endure it and push through to become our full potential and to grow 
and to become the blossom that we are meant to be. Camille, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I really did appreciate them. I liked your thoughts on a seed that has to be buried and it's alone and it's in the darkness. I like that analogy. When Macklin was diagnosed with cancer, her doctor did not give us any statistics at all. She just said there's no reason that she should not beat the cancer. And, um, which honestly was really nice because I felt like, okay, here's, here's a, not just a little sprinkle. Here's a great big thunderstorm, right? And I felt like the doctor gave us a lot of hope by saying there's no reason that she shouldn't beat this. And I feel like that was the umbrella. Like she handed us a giant umbrella that covered us all and, and kind of helped us and allowed us to go through that journey with hope and with peace and with you know joy and and uh i feel like it was a huge blessing uh we didn't we didn't feel like we were weathering the storm alone uh, so it was a huge blessing in our lives then when the storm hit even harder and we were told that back then would not live i sat down and i i looked up statistics for her cancer and for just a moment, I was very upset at her doctor for not sharing statistics with us. Um, and for a second, I thought, I felt like she hadn't been honest with us. Just because she hadn't shared those statistics, I didn't know uh, how unfavorable they were. But then, right away, I was reminded of the blessing that she gave us by not telling us statistics because I feel like for us, we went through that time of our daughter having treatments with so much more hope. I think if we'd actually known statistically, um, the chances of her beating the cancer, um, you would have faced a lot more fear or probably just not enjoyed that time we had with her as much um you know so for a minute i was mad and i was weathering that storm storm alone without an umbrella um but luckily i was i was quickly reminded of of the blessings that we had Thank you ladies so much for sharing that. I know a lot of times these discussions that we have trigger different emotions. Camille. I love um, your perspective on that. And Mallory, thank you for your tender emotions and sharing that beautiful raw feelings with us. Yesterday was Millie's birthday. It was a really good day. She's six, I can't believe it, but I was on Instagram kind of looking back on her life and her journey of everything that I posted and I came across a post that I posted and I think it has to do so much with what we're talking about so I'm just going to read it word for word it says I don't know what's worse being slapped in the face with news your baby has cancer and feeling completely blindsided or knowing for weeks that your life is going to drastically change and being constantly scared of out of your mind of the unknown and having zero control about it they are both really hard. Tomorrow morning, our beautiful Miracle Millie will go in for 
a laminectomy, which is the severing of her spinal cord to remove the cancer. And we are currently now and have been for a while walking a tightrope of emotions, constantly trying to hold on, on to all the hope and faith in the world and to enjoy every moment, to believe that Millie will come out of this strong and ready to conquer the extreme changes that will take place or being consumed with the fear of the unknown and the fear of the what ifs. I feel like my mind has been playing ping pong back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I have been saying to myself, oh Amanda, you're feeling hopeless and having lots of fearful thoughts, so you need to have more hope and change your thinking. Then a few days ago, an amazing family member, Brady Hurst, asked if she could call and talk to me. And she reminded me that I could feel both emotions at the same time, and that was okay. It was like she gave me permission and I couldn't hold back the tears. I am trying to allow myself to feel every emotion, but it is also very hard, scary, and exhausting. We have been praying and asking for prayers in Millie's behalf, and I hope and pray that they will be heard tomorrow and that we will be filled with peace as we wait from anywhere from 8 to 16 hours for our baby to undergo surgery to remove this blasted cancer, which it happened to be 22-hour surgery. Uh, we hope Millie's body will be strong and be able to not just be strong during, but also after, and that the surgeon and nurses will be alert and inspired, and that as we learn to cope and adjust to life after surgery, we'll be blessed with strength and peace. Basically, that just took me back to that moment, and I remember specifically hoping for the very, very best outcome, but preparing and wondering if she would even make it through surgery, but also feeling like we had to move forward regardless that I had to put one step in front of the other and that it was okay for me to feel every bit of hope at the same time of being scared out of my mind. When I allowed both of those emotions to accompany me, I felt free. I was able to, um, I was able to go through it and I, I know that I felt hope at the same time that I felt fear and Allowing those two to coexist together was something I had never done before. But when I did, again, I felt free, free to feel every emotion that came with it in such an uncertain time. So I just thought that was interesting that I experienced firsthand hoping for the best, but expecting the worst and knowing that she would come out of surgery and that she would be paralyzed for the rest of her life. And that was tough. And then I look at her now celebrating her sixth birthday yesterday and she's thriving. She's absolutely thriving. She loves life. Life is amazing. Life is full. She's happy. She's a kindergartner. She has friends. She does dance. She skis. She has a bike. I mean, she does everything. So holding on to that hope during all that fear is what helped us get to where we are today. Without that hope, I don't know that we would have pushed for her to have as normal of a life as she has. We, we had so much hope for the future and we still do. And so we treat her with that hope. Amanda, I really, really appreciated what you said in the story you told about Millie and your guys' experiences um, about having that hope, but also being realistic and recognizing what you were up against. With us, I've noticed um, there have been a lot of times Lex was diagnosed just over seven years ago, and it's been five months since she passed away. And there were multiple times over the last seven years, well, six and a half years, I guess, that we were told that she would not make it. Uh, she would not make it through the night. She would not make it through treatment. She would not make it through a surgery. That was kind of a common, common occurrence. And 
Lexi would often say, oh, I know I'll be fine. I know the doctors don't know it, but I know I will be fine. And so we kind of just piggybacked on that hope. We looked at some very unfavorable odds and just said, okay, we've got this. And it was never that we were ignorant to what we were up against. It's that you have to keep that hope. I will never forget this one time. We were impatient. Uh, Lex is about 5'7", maybe 5'8", and she was down to 82 pounds. And we had been in the hospital for a while and her body had stopped accepting nutrition. I was worried. I was very worried. The doctors had told me to pray for an uneventful night because if Lexi took a turn for the worst, that it wouldn't be long before she passed away. I remember talking to a nurse and saying, I'm just, I'm sure I'm over-exaggerating, but I'm just worried because I've seen kids that are in better condition, better physical health than Lexi is right now, and they didn't even live a month. And the nurse said, you are not over-exaggerating. The only thing that's keeping Lexi alive right now is her heart. As soon as she decides that she's done, it will come quickly. She will pass quickly. And lucky for us, Lexi did not decide she was done then. And she, she wheeled her body into recovering. But I think a big part of that was just that hope that we kept alive. Reality kicks in and tells you that she's not going to live to be 100. But it doesn't mean that you ever stop hoping for it. I really appreciated what you guys shared, the insights, that that hope is so powerful. And also that we have the choice. Mal, you talked about about two different people had lost their children. And one said, hey, it's never getting better. This is the worst. And the other one saying, hey, you're going to be okay. I think that they were probably both right. The one thing that I have learned, especially over the last couple of months, is that we are individuals with individual reactions, individual choices, individual journeys. And we have that choice. And sometimes that choice is, I'm going to sit down in this puddle for a minute and I'm just going to feel the rain. And sometimes that choice is, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to splash in this puddle. And sometimes it's like, this rain is so great. It's watering all of my flowers. Camille, you mentioned we need the rain. We need the sunshine. I love your analogy of the seed. I think it was so powerful. I never, ever, ever in a million years would have guessed that we would have been a cancer family. I still can't believe that. You don't go from being a normal, healthy family to being a cancer family. But looking back, I can see the way that God prepared us. Even with heartache that we continue to face, I look back and I can see that God is with us. I can see that he walks with us in the rain, in the storm, and in the sunshine, he's the constant. I think that sometimes we rely too much on our own knowledge. And when you talk about people being prepared, I don't think it's necessarily our head that is being prepared. I believe it's our hearts. I believe our souls understand things that we will endure long before we actually have to endure them. Internal knowledge of what we will be up against and what we will face and what we will experience. And I think that internal desire, that internal knowledge, our souls, they guide us and direct us. And I think it's God's way of, of strengthening us before we even realize we're going to have to be strong. 
Hope is so powerful that it gives us the strength to face things, things that if we just look at, there's no way we'd be able to face them. They're too overwhelming. But when we look for the best, when we look for our hope, it gives us that little bit of strength that we need. And that's super powerful. Hope really helped us out, all of us. It allowed us to experience peace in the middle of a storm. And even though things may be, not maybe, even though things did not turn out the way that we wanted, I'm so grateful, so, so grateful for the sunshine and the storm because we get to experience all of it and we get to do it together.